0: All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us.
1: Marvelites. Hello.
2: Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 268. Wow. Yeah, right? This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, and no interns. They can go burn in hell.
1: Yeah. You know, Tuesday has traditionally, in our culture, always been podcast day. This is true. So it's very frustrating that the one day of the week our intern does not come is Tuesdays. It doesn't feel like this makes a lot of sense. But I guess we haven't really recorded on Tuesdays regularly in a while. No, but we you're always striving to so i think we still have the right to be mad yes uh i
2: thought i heard someone
1: knocking I, I did too no i heard that too i think it was it was something rolling along the floor yeah
2: maybe uh and when i said interns can go to or a hell g- 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 ghost. a good good g-
1: ghost yeah
2: um when i said the interns can go to hell i didn't mean that yeah. just joking taking we, that back we love our interns and we've great times hired many interns to do work too many. jobs way too
1: many work jobs yeah i'm sick yeah. I'm working through it. We're, We're gonna, doing Yeah, it. let's try to get through this quick for you. Yeah. Luckily, we don't great. have a whole lot of talking to do this week. We have comics to cover. We have news to cover. But then we ship the rest of this over to the crew out west. They're going to be doing TWIM URC. Yeah. They're going to be telling us the new TWIM URC. At the end of the uh, segment. If you are a new listener and unsure what the hell TWIM
2: URC means... I, I thought it was self-explanatory. It, it sounds like it's spelled. This week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club, it's where we, sh- we choose a book, a story, a collection, something like that from Marvel Unlimited. And uh, we ask you guys to read it, and then we all talk about it yeah. in a couple weeks we take your questions and comments about it um it's often something cool where people haven't read it either before or haven't read it in many years it's and always get their something different cool it's always it's not often cool. something cool yeah and i'll have a new selection that we'll talk about uh you'll hear at the end of the episode mm-hmm. so you can get ready for in two weeks hopefully we do our last Twim of the um, year yeah i'm excited
1: yeah i'm excited for what you have in store
2: me too yeah it's gonna have characters that are marvel based mostly probably, yeah, probably. most of them let's let's say there's a good chance most of them will be marvel characters
1: okay that's all yeah. i can give you could be wizard of oz sure you want to do wizard of oz nope okay
2: i love the wizard of oz books but
1: i don't think na- i don't think now's the time too soon it's too, too soon. soon way too soon we got to give that some time yes uh, Get but- some distance
2: when uh, when we do this show we're going to talk about all the new comics out this week the print issues the collections all the digital stuff we're going to get to some news lots of news always yeah and i already said all this did you i did I told you i'm not feeling it's okay well. man my I'm brain's just, not working i don't
1: want you to have to repeat everything yep so take more let's let's get into it let's dive right into let's the comics talk this about week. the new comics out this week yeah
2: all new x-men number 16 written by dennis hopeless art by mark bagley inks by andrew hennessy and colors by nolan woodard um just, I got to say, Mark Bagley. Mark Bagley, a treasure. Kind of, he's got, he's like, he'll go down as what, he has to go down as one of the greatest artists in comic all book time. history.
1: Yeah. Like. And a, tr- a true prose pro.
2: Yeah. 30 plus years doing this. He look. he still looks fresh and exciting and the pages are action packed and he mm-hmm. tells, he's an amazing storyteller. Mm-hmm. Just so good. It was like, I opened up the first, um, the first page of this the other day to read it and I was like. Damn, it's so good!
1: Like it looks so good. The yeah. way
2: he draws the Goblin Queen, like her reactions, the way she, you know, she's looking. Just it's very simple, subtle mm-hmm. stuff that he does. But man, is he good! He is um, also good. Dennis Hopeless, the writer
1: on this. Do you know Mark Bagley got discovered? I do. Yeah, it's yeah. A cool story.
2: It is. It's a great story. Yeah,
1: something. Maybe we'll tell it someday.
2: Maybe, uh, maybe many people will hear yeah, about it. Maybe we'll have a reason. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but in in this issue, you've got the all new X Men kids. Uh, fighting giant demonic monsters. Mm. Well, one giant monster and then a lot of other demons because the Goblin Queen, she's on Earth, she's partying, she's in Miami, she's sipping on
1: drinks, she's causing chaos. They don't make any allusion to the Jean Grey of it all in this. I'm wondering if they will next issue or if they're just going to leave it alone, which they totally could.
2: That's baggage that we don't even need to think about. Absolutely. She's just
1: a nasty redhead who likes to have fun with uh, monsters.
2: Yeah. Nasty women, huh? Yeah, let's talk about them. and uh the kids here they they are fighting the fight that they can't win Mm. they cannot beat the demons because as soon as they like hurt and injure and stop the demons they just reform and uh just get right back in the fight very frustrating there's a really funny line in here that laura uh wolverine says she's like you talking about how she cuts them and then they immediately start healing up and she said is this how frustrating is Is this how frustrating it is fighting me or something like that it was really great um yeah, she says, do you suppose fighting me is this frustrating? As she gets, like, knocked sideways hmm. by a giant demon with a mace. Um, but the kids are seemingly overwhelmed. But Hank, Henry, the Beast, McCoy, uh, he is messing around with things that he should not be doing, which seems pretty much a staple for the Beast. For any Beast. He is trying to do magic. He's got all this occult stuff. Yeah, uh,
1: That's his new. it's his new jam. You know, it's just decided science has taken me far enough. It's time to get into the dark arts. And he's
2: like, oh, yeah, this is just like really bad science. Yeah. Uh, and they,
1: he, he does basically say that he does. Yeah. He says, like, this is just another kind of science. Yeah. An, an unreliable, crappy science. Exactly. That I will now try to do. Totally.
2: Uh, and spoiler alert. It maybe works, but not in all the ways that you expect. so um, much of a spoiler alert. Lots of cool stuff exploding and yeah. things getting chopped and cool fires design and for beasts. Really cool design for bees Gorgeous colors, gorgeous looks at everything about this. Um and it's a really, really awesomely ominous ending to yep. the issue.
1: Over in Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows Number 2, written by Jerry Conway, art by Ryan Stegman, colors by Sonia Obak, it's Brawl in the Family Part 2. And this time we're focusing a lot on Mary Jane. Uh, In the little preamble, we get to see her dropping Annie off at school and then going into her life and uh, stopping some bad guys because she has powers in this reality. And then we see her going to her place of employment, interacting with some of her friends, and then getting sucked back into this big fight with the mole man that Peter and Annie are involved with. Annie, uh, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? It's it's Eddie. Eddie? Yeah. Did you always think it was Annie? I don't... Maybe. It's okay. In my head, it, it sounds like Annie. It's, uh, it does sound like that. I think it's Eddie, though. Let's go with Annie. All right. I'm Annie, changing it up, okay? Michael. Yeah. All, all due respect. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Mary Jane gets involved fighting a bunch of moloids. Uh, Ryan segment really cuts loose. His design of Mary Jane is awesome. His fight choreography is fantastic. Really kinetic motion as we go. There's a big dinosaur in here. Uh, it's really clever. Jerry Conway has some really clever ways that the Spider family works together. There's the push and pull of I don't – like, Peter doesn't really want Mary Jane in action with him, but at the same time he's trying to be respectful and their marriage. They don't want the kid there, but she's got a kind of a reason to be there. Does she only have the powers when she has the suit on? No, she – who, Mary Jane? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So she has – She's using the tech that Regent used during Secret Wars to copy abilities. She's using that with Spider-Man. So it's like if Mary Jane is with Spider-Man, she's siphoning off his spider abilities. Got it. Um, She also maintains them, as we see, because she uses them elsewhere in the issue. But we learn here that there is a negative effect on Spider-Man as this happens. And that is uh, what allows Mole Man to get the drop on our heroes. Mole Man with those sick drops. You know what? Ryan Segman, horrible human being, may have been born to draw Mole Man. Because it's just got all those nasty crevices and... Lines that Ryan loves to have fun with. He's so good. Yeah, I hate it. I hate, I hate so it much, so much. Ryan so Stegman much. is so good. Yeah, he's the worst.
2: Uh, all right, on to Daredevil
1: number fourteen. And nice chat with Charles Soule about this issue yesterday. Yeah, did it's he? Did you disturbing. Ca- ask as, him why oh. he's such a messed up dude. Yeah, I asked him what was wrong with him. Yeah, this is a really messed up issue of Daredevil. Incredibly messed up. In this, all, in all the best ways. Yes, this is part
2: five of Dark Art, written by Charles Soule, art by Ron Garney, and colors by Matt Mila. And uh, this is sort of the end of the arc with, uh, what's the dude? Muse. Muse. Muse, the serial killer. Not to be confused with the band. Yeah. Muse. Uh, Knights of Sidonia, man. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Uh. Whoa. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Blindspot is missing. Daredevil has to find him. Daredevil does some really cool stuff to try and locate Blindspot. While Blindspot has been captured by Muse, and herein we find out, like you thought Muse was bad before, this dude is the worst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's like John Ralphio on Parks and Rec as a serial killer. I the guess.
1: worst. I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I love John Raffio. I'm watching Ralphio. a lot of Parks and Rec. I always think about Parks and Rec. I just I just watched two episodes of it on uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Just randomly.
2: randomly. Randomly. It was on a plane I was on. Mm-hmm. There were three episodes, and I still had time left, and I was really annoyed. There were only three episodes. That is annoying. Because it was season seven, and it was still, like, jamming on some good stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, so I watched good. the Treat
1: Yourself episode, Ugh. and I watched the um, episode where Leslie finds out she's born in Eagleton. Wow. Actually, I am going to watch three episodes. <laughs> no, two episodes. Parks and Rec, guys. Oh. You should watch it. It's great. Yeah. It's Parks really, really and Rec. Great. Let's keep it on the air.
2: Yep. Um, <clears throat> we – what else? Oh, yeah. So, Muse is – he's got Blindspot, and we see how bad – Muse is but then surprisingly he takes it to another level that and was yeah to a moment where I was reading this on the couch and my wife was like playing Sum Sum or something on her phone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I audibly gasped and she looked over at me she goes it's an audible happened? gasp moment it's a uh,
1: it's, uh, in a comic book but you can't help but oh yeah think of it happening in real but it's life. that like that you know way that comic book
2: storytelling can be really uh, effective because mm-hmm. you have you finish on a on a page, and you you have to turn the page. As soon as you turn the page, you're right in your face right and It's like the next thing that happens, and it's oh my god, mm. Man, mm. man, 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 man. Ron you really went to town on this. Oh one my gosh, too. yeah, it's gorgeous. Colors are, are great. It really is. It's very moody. Mm-hmm. It's just it's
1: spectacular. Really, really great stuff. Really dark. Uh, also dark. Deadpool back in black number five written <laughs> by Colin Bun. <laughs> Art by uh, uh, Espen. Uh, 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 Colors uh, by Ruth Redman. Uh, this is the conclusion to Deadpool Back in Black. Deadpool has been possessed by the alien symbiote. He thought he had a costume. Wrong oh, he's starting to learn that the symbiote is more in charge than he thinks. Spider-Man in his cloth black costume has been captured by Killer Thrill, who's trying to lure the Symbiote in. And that leads to a big fight between the Deadpool in the symbiote, not really in control. The symbiote's kind of just dragging him around, doing what it wants against Killer Thrill and her sidekick. We get to see uh, Deadpool kind of hulk out in his Venom, or Venom-out. Would you call it Venom-out? Sure. Even though this isn't technically Venom-out. Symbiote, out Symbiote, symbi-out. 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 Killer Thrill uh, tries everything. (laughs) Sounds
2: like you're like uh, like a bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impression of someone trying to say symbiote.
1: Symbiote. (laughs) Um, There's there's the loss of a limb by one character. There's attempted eating of said limb by another character. Uh, There are nasty weapons, and then. Once Killer Thrill is kind of dealt with, the symbiote wants to go and destroy Spider-Man because Naturally. it hates Spider-Man yeah. so much. So much. And Deadpool's like, no, no, you can't do that. No, That's not the right thing to friend. do, man. Tries to hold it back, um, and Deadpool realizes that ultimately he is not going to be able to hold on to the symbiote. Uh, another cool character has a cameo as Killer Thrill goes back to the person who wanted her to get the symbiote and... If you've read Marvel Comics recently, you can probably guess who that is. Um, <laughs> and then a nice interaction between Wade and Eddie Brock right before Eddie Brock goes into the church
2: and it's for such like history. A, it's such a great little like, oh yeah,
1: I can see how that makes sense. Yep, and then slides it right in there, perfectly inserts this Deadpool story into Spider-Man history. Yep, um, yeah, really good, good stuff. Good stuff. Totally. Up next is Fool Killer. Oh man. I wasn't here when we did Full Killer Number One. Uh-huh. This is like my surprise. I love it. Series of the year. Yeah. I. It's so good. It's so good. M- Max Bemis is excellent. Dalibor Telageek is fantastic. Do you want to do this one? Um. I could do it. All right. I'll do you it. Got it. So it's Full Killer Number Two, written by Max Bemis. Pencils by Dalibor Telageek. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we've got Greg Salinger. Came to the end. The, the whole first issue of Fool Killer, which I didn't get to cover, was basically Greg Salinger settling into his role as a therapist and trying to counsel this kid who's basically a neo-Nazi. This is a very mature readers book, by the way. Yeah, um, parental advisory in full effect. And he tries to counsel this kid. This kid doesn't get it. And so by the end of the issue, he goes back to being Fool Killer, kills the kid, and. He thinks the whole conceit is that he thinks he's working for S.H.I.E.L.D. to rehabilitate these villains or just these bad people. And mm, there's some doubt as to whether or not that's really true. But he believes it. He believes he is. Truth
2: is in the eye of the beholder. Exactly.
1: And he believes he is working for S.H.I.E.L.D. trying to do a good thing. And then his S.H.I.E.L.D. boss basically tells him, like, look, man, it's no problem. If you can't rehabilitate these villains, we don't want them out there on the street. So you go ahead and you take them out. Yeah, you kill them and fools. And that's what he loves to do because he loves to kill fools. So he thinks he's doing this great thing. Uh, Greg is just, I don't know, I really like connected with this fool killer character. Just his the way Bemis does his thoughts, and uh, he's just this normal guy trying to have a normal life, being like, you know what? I have this horrible obsession. I have these demons in my head that are just tormenting me, but I have turned them to the right place. He's got a girlfriend now that he's happy with. We get a new villain who is just freaking brilliant and hysterical. I can't say his name because it's a curse word. It's the Bleep King. Uh, Great costume. Amazing costume. This guy... Basically says something no one thinks of when giant monsters attack uh, the Marvel Universe is that they have to relieve themselves somewhere. Yeah. So this guy's family was killed by Fin Fang Foom taking a dump on them. That's, that's it. That's, that's how this guy and this guy got the power to, emin- to emit a terrible smell as a result. Yeah, And he's just talking with uh, Greg and it's just so funny. He's just like, go ahead. Get it out of the way. Laugh. Laugh because I know you have to. Laugh at the absurdity of the situation. And uh, Foolkiller does. And then they move on. And then the saddest thing happens because Foolkiller seems so happy. He's happy with his job. He's happy with his lady. He gets a revelation about his lady that has just now created such tension. um, For me as a reader because I'm like, oh, my God, when is this shoe going to drop? And he freaks out a little bit because he realizes that – his girlfriend is a fool. Yeah, I mean that's
2: the thing. It's like what the situation that happens mm-hmm. is tragic, but it's not like a, a secret. You'd be like, "Oh my god!" How, oh. Yeah. It's more that oh, she's secretly a fool.
1: Yeah. It's like if a normal person found this out, they'd be like, "Oh, that kind of sucks," but whatever. Well, would, definitely, <laughs> hopefully, we would all be like, "Oh, that's so bad." But it's I'm really so bad, but it's yeah. But you—that's what you say. You'd be like, "I'm sorry that happened to yeah. you." Like, what a horrible. What a horrible thing to have occurred to you. But the way Greg Salinger's mind is wired, he's just like, oh, she did something foolish. She's got to go. <laughs> and he does not immediately go there. He instead goes and goes on a killing spree of a bunch of his former clients. And basically what he does is these these are clients who he diagnosed and they were fine. But now he goes back and goes like, no, nope, you know what? They're not They're." They're bad. I need to kill more bad guys. I need more bad guys to kill to satiate my bloodlust because if not, I'm going to kill my girlfriend. And it's just, I don't know, man. The tension just really got to me. Uh, there's a mystery character at the end. I think I know who this guy in the red hood is. Um, it's probably the hood. But <laughs> that, was, that was my first yeah, guess. Yeah, that was my first guess as well. <laughs> but he's sending someone after for a killer. I love the hood. I love the hood too. And... Ah man, I love Dave Johnson's covers for this book. I love everything about it. So is, I just really like Fool Killer. The, full,
2: the current Fool Killer is the third.
1: Third Fool Killer,
2: and the others died. Dead.
1: Mm. So dead is dead in the Marvel universe. Dead, dead as can be. I would love to see a Fool Killer reunion in the future if they bring back other Fool Killers. I want to know more about Fool Killer. I've never read him before this, but I always remember that first cover, but never. Yeah. Yeah. I just the the idea of this. Uh, this therapist who is trying to do good and thinks he's found this normal life and just the, the impending tragedy of it all. Like Tim Stevens. This is like Tim Stevens. Yeah. If he were a super not hero, Super vigilante <laughs> killer guy. Yeah. I don't know. It's great. It's it's brilliant stuff. I highly recommend it if you're of the age to be reading it appropriately. Sure. I do not recommend it for kids. Um, I will recommend for kids Guardians of the Galaxy number fifteen, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Valerio Schiti, color art by Richard Eisenhoff. Fun for the whole family. Uh, it's a thing solo story. I love so, it so it's much. it's about the thing coming back to Earth after he's been off with the Guardians. He reconnect. He gets some clothes at a uh, Wilson's big and tall, reconnects with a buddy. I like the way people treat the Thing where they're all just like, this is the Thing, man. He is the hero of New York City. Give him everything he wants. He gets free pizza. But the thing that's sad about it is he just keeps reminiscing back to, you know, good times with the Fantastic Four who are not around anymore. And the Thing doesn't really have his place in the world because – Who was he? He was Ben Grimm. He was the thing, the bruiser of the Fantastic Four. He was, you know, the world-famous superhero who did world things with his world-famous superhero buddies. But he gets a new purpose laid out to him by Maria Hill. This is kind of the flip side of, if you're reading Infamous Iron Man, this is like the flip side, other perspective of what's going on. Uh, She offers him a job. Before he goes to get that job... He visits the site of where Stark Tower used to be, has a very interesting conversation with Mary Jane Watson, and then has a great fight with Whiplash, which featured the incredible um, dialogue of whiplash yelling, I am whiplash. And the thing going, it's whiplash. And then the <laughs> whiplash going, Tony Stark stole my life. And the thing going, he says, Tony Stark stole his life. Yeah. I love that. That He's so like funniest. translating it yeah. for Mary
2: Jane, but so like, oh, this so is what good. the schedule is saying.
1: The thing has a great fight with whiplash. It doesn't last very long. Um, I think it's kind of bummed out to be back on Earth because he, you know, he had that whole thing with that lady in space. Yeah, but, he was doing some space boating. But yeah, he's got uh, he's got a new purpose, and it's going to lead him into the pages of Infamous Iron Man. So he's all done. All done with the Guardians of the Galaxy is The Thing, Aww. Benjamin Grimm. Too bad. He had a nice room. So good. All right. Up next is Gwenpool Holiday Special, Merry Mix-Up. This is this is the Number second one. Gwenpool Holiday Special. So is it really? Oh, that was last she, year we had a Gwenpool Holiday Special. It was special. one of our first appearances, it was right? One, it was her, like, second appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, And now she's just – we know her. We love her. She's everywhere.
2: Well, it's great because it gives us the opportunity to do – Insane holiday stories that I love. Mm-hmm. So this has uh, one, two, three, four stories in it. There's the overarching story by uh, regular Gwenpool writer Christopher Hastings, art by Misha Haynes, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, and it's Gwenpool. She's like um, excited because she wants to celebrate Christmas, and she's like, "Oh no, Galactus is here to ruin Christmas!" And everybody's like, "What are
1: you talking about?" Uh, This was so... I read this this morning and I was like half awake. uh It was such a mind F. Yeah. Because I'm just like, what? 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 Yeah. What does this all mean? Because it had me legitimately thinking like, is this how the Marvel Universe is? Right. Has it always been this way? And I've just never known. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Pantsgiving seems like a thing I I might have heard It really messed with me. It really... Oh, I had problems. So we find out that Gwen is like, what is
2: going on? Everyone else around her is obviously, like, hey, yeah, Galactus is what we celebrate Christmas yeah, with. Yeah, he brings the gifts. Yeah, he's, he's the The, gu- the, the bringer of gifts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then, you know, we, we of course celebrate Pantsgiving, where you give
1: yeah. uh, little hot pants to, you that know, people. Pantsgiving was probably the highlight of this of this comic. So good. A lot of
2: little buns being shown off there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got um, the Night of Scrolls, where you beat pinatas to find out which hides the secret chocolate scroll, mm-hmm. which I would love to play. That'd be fun. Yeah. You should play that on Twip, the big Marvel show. Oh my gosh, we should. Uh, the fist, uh, the feast of fish, where Namor gives everyone fish. Yep. Uh, in late December, we should do all this stuff on Twip, the big Marvel show. We really should with Twip, the big Marvel show. <laughs> um, it's all this crazy stuff, and the rest of her team are all completely like, "Yeah, this is the way the world is." Yep. And blah, blah. And she's like, "I don't understand." She's like, "I need to figure this out." Realize that something's up with the North Pole, mm-hmm. so she goes off to the North Pole, which. Gets us moving into the second story. Uh, feature is called "I Saw Spidey Kissing Galactus, the Bringer of Gifts," written by Ryan North,
1: art by Nathan Stockman, know, colors by Jim Campbell. Number one, Nathan Stockman is my big art crush from the pages of Spidey. Oh number two, it's Ryan North. So you know he's got those notes in the uh, yeah in the borders. This son. is like a dream dream team. team. So
2: good! Uh, you get to see Miles Morales and Genki um, on Christmas Eve, and they're walking around, and we see all the Galactus bringer of gifts, yeah. and it's like take Santa, replace him with Galactus, uh, like life bringer Galactus, golden, beautiful, right. wonderful. Uh, fin Fang Foom comes to Earth. Fin Fang Foom is all over. We are in
1: this story and this comics week.
2: Yeah, we that are is- in. Like a golden age of Fin Fang Foom. Yeah. And it makes me really happy having one of the only Fin Fang Foom tattoos in the world. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm sure
1: there are others, but, you know. It's crazy. I love Fin Fang Foom. He's great. He's so great. What I love here is Ryan North getting to write Miles Morales. It seems like a simple thing, but it's like there's just this distinct Ryan North voice that's very... you know like you know it from squirrel girl and getting to see miles as the lead character in a ryan north comic i don't know there's just something great about it yeah uh, I, I want ryan
2: north writing more books mm-hmm. um we've got uh, miles versus fin thang foom it's a great fight then the red skull and modok and thanos show up of course they do uh of course they do but fortunately miles has a little help from someone it's this great story it plays into sort of the idea of is santa real is santa not mm-hmm. um it's it's really fun, really smart, really cute and it's gorgeous. Uh, again, Nathan Stockman is uh, got to be he's your new to watch, man. Yes. The uh, next story is called The War on Pantsgiving, <laughs> written by Carla Pacheco, art by Oscar uh, Bazaldúa. Colors by Andres Mosa and it's uh, it's all about celebrating pantsgiving, pantsgiving where you give you know, people you love and people you know little hot pants and everybody yep. wears little hot pants and it's a really special thing there's this woman who has a hot pants store mm-hmm. and um, which again, apparently
1: d- does great business on Pantsgiving used to it has been to. having a little bit of a slow time mm-hmm. but then boom Finn Fang Foom shows up twice in this
2: issue because yeah he wears hot pants, yep. big hot pants, but they're big little hot pants. Um, he goes around. He does some rampaging. He does some fighting. Um, there's some crying. There's some sadness. There's some happiness. But also, the Punisher shows up. Mm. And then it, it really it ends with Fin Fang Foom giving hot pants to people and smiling. And everybody, a lot of superheroes wearing hot pants. It's kind of the most beautiful story mm-hmm. ever told. Yeah. Uh, I love it a lot. Then the other story is... Happy Hydra Holidays, written by Nick Coker. uh, Art by Bruno Oliveira. Colors
1: by Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, This one is hilarious. It's one of the few stories you're ever going to find with the Red Skull as the protagonist. Like the... The comedic lead. The sympathetic comedic lead. Yes, the comedic lead.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, which is so weird because he's a friggin' Nazi. Yep. And it's Talks about Hitler here. (laughs) This is A Christmas Carol Mm -hmm. with... Red Skull as Scrooge and Adolf the ghost of Adolf Hitler as all the ghosts, the ghosts. Yeah, the only ghost is one, one ghost uh, because Hydra sort of turned into something that Red Skull didn't want and it's just it's really funny and really weird. It's it's unsettling.
1: Uh, I'll say it.
2: It's yeah, a little unsettling. It's a little unsettling but at the same time I got such a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. It's you know what it, it made me th- it's if you Think about the way that Saddam Hussein was portrayed in going? South Park.
1: Oh, all right. Hey, yeah. and, or the devil portrayed yeah. in South Park is like, you know, like this brooding. I thought you were going to talk about how Saddam Hussein was portrayed in Hot Shots. I don't
2: remember that as well.
1: Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Was that in, in hot one shot, or Part two? He was in one briefly. He has a much more expanded role in Hot Shots Part Deux. Mm. Uh, classic stuff. Yeah. All your Saddam Hussein uh, cameos. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there's just been so many great takes on Saddam through the years. <laughs> it's hard to pick out just a few. Uh,
2: so this, it, it's a very wacky take, um, but something a little light and kind of necessary in mm-hmm. this time of the year. Uh, and then finally we go back to the main story with Gwenpool, uh, where she figures out what's going on, because the reality that she knows is not the reality that is going on right now. She finds out why, and she's like, you know what? that's kind of okay yeah we'll, well we'll live with it at least for now and uh it's a great little resolution to that but wait there's one more yeah, this, story this was
1: this was unexpected
2: another story added to the end it's a deadpooloween <laughs> story uh written by china cluxton flores who mm. i believe used to be china cluxton majors uh does amazing comics she did um a lot of indie books and i can't remember the names off the top of my head i read them a long time ago like 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. They're really great. Um, She's an amazing uh, cartoonist. It's a really funny story about Deadpool celebrating Halloween, uh, going to a uh, Deadpool costume contest. Run by Squirrel Girl. Run by Squirrel Girl. It's Empire State University, right? Uh, Sure. Let's Let's say say yes. yes. Let's say yes. Um, And it's just wacky and silly and fun. And uh, there's the. uh, They use a Great Lakes. uh, Great Lakes. Was it Great Lakes X Men at that point, or Great Lakes Avengers, whatever GL? I think we're Great Lakes Initiative. They, they might have. They been. might have. Been. Some Great Lakes story had Leatherboy Boy. Yep. Who killed Monkey Joe? Yeah. Uh, which is very tragic. Very which sad. was um, Squirrel Girl's never previous forget. squirrel friend um so leather boy shows up he's trying to squeeze that squirrel and uh, <laughs> squeeze that squirrel you know the, the that classic just, that phrase sound
1: Yeah, that sounds like
2: uh okay deadpool has to be there to help put the kibosh on that but it's a lot of fun uh great it's a it's a big meaty issue mm-hmm. it's not cheap it's six bucks yeah but it is worth highly worth worth it. every penny. really
1: really worth it worth every
2: penny. cannot recommend it recommend it more mm-hmm. um which another book I can't recommend more,
1: Hawkeye number one. Oh my god! What yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was what we were waiting for. Yeah, this was, yeah, yeah. This lives up to ex- all the expectations I had of Kate Bishop finally getting her own book. Uh, Kelly Thompson getting to write this. Kelly Thompson coming off of A Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is her yeah. big project, and she really nails the voice right away. Leonardo Romero was an artist I was excited for. Just like every piece of this book, I was like, I'm excited. This is these are. This is everyone who should be working on this book. This is the what the concept of the book should be. Just sometimes it comes back perfect. Yeah. So as you said, Kelly Thompson's a writer. Leonardo Romero's
2: the artist. Jordi Belair is coloring it. So it's got a top-notch creative team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Leonardo when mm. I was in Brazil um, not too long ago. What was that, two weeks ago? Yeah. And, um, Seems like forever. Like, ago. really sweet dude. He was. He, he's so young mm. and so incredibly talented. And, like, you can look at the like the people around him who you know work in his studio or whatever. Just like that dude's crazy. Dude. <laughs> it was great. He's he's awesome. Uh, Leo underscore Romero on Twitter. You should check him out. He posts a lot of fun stuff. But anyway, um, this is. Hawkeye going out to L.A. to be a private investigator, getting right. away from most of the craziness in her life. Um, and she's trying to set things up. She's looking at abs. She's stopping. <laughs> uh, oh.
1: Well, they get this great Kate vision thing that yes. uh, when we did, we did a sketchbook with Leo and he talked about it. Basically, it's a unique way of Kate sees the world. You get these little like bullseyes almost pointing to different things in a scene. Uh, and you see like that's how Kate used the scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, like, there's one of the first instances we see of this. She notices, oh, there's an innocent bystander. There's a poorly covered up license plate. There's a a running car. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. There's someone Mm -hmm. eating mini donuts. Ooh, there's some hot abs. There's (laughs) uh, people walking into a bank holding a gun or a president mask, uh, which is obviously uh, a riff on one of the greatest movies of all time, the original Point Break. She says as much. Yeah, Um, which I refuse to see the remake. It may be great. It may not.
1: I don't know. I've never seen Point Break.
2: I will fight you.
1: You can. I mean, how dare you? I would like. How to dare see. you be on this it's this what? podcast for five years and not have seen Point Break? It's one. It's a movie I would love to see. It's it's right up there with. I hadn't seen Footloose for a long time, and I was like, I can't believe I've never seen. Bye.
2: Yeah. Point Break. Christmas is coming for up. Ben. Do you use are we, Amazon wait, are movies are
1: we, or iTunes or Voodoo? Oh, Voodoo. What's Do, Voodoo? It's, is Vudu really a thing? Yeah, it's a V U D U. It's a digital movie service. No, nah, I use Amazon. Amazon? Yeah. Got you, Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that since this is our note for things of Blake to do, you're just writing to Blake. <laughs> yeah, Blake, buy Point break, break for Ben. Friend. Yeah. Uh, ben. Truly,
2: Point Break is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, back Hawkeye. to the comic book. Hawkeye, so good, so good, so good. Kate busts up this, uh, this robbery in progress. It's awesome. And this. There's this beautiful two-page spread, which is 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 panels in a really weird, cool, yeah, it's a cool grid. amazing grid. It's just great storytelling, mm-hmm. awesome action. It's very funny. Uh, Leo and Kelly and them, they put together some just really interesting ways to tell this story. You've got interesting um, isometric view cutouts of different rooms you see that kate's you know just acclimating herself to being there she's got a new roommate she's got her business coming up there's this wonderful two-page spread of people oh, yeah people coming to see kate to uh to to meet quote unquote the real, the real hawkeye. hawkeye uh s- i think it's uh 14 walk-ins that wanted the real hawkeye hawkeye 12 of them so they could punch him in the face <laughs>
1: love it which is so good. I just love her owning the name Hawkeye. Like, this this book is not called All New Hawkeye or no. Uncanny Hawkeye. It's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. She is Hawkeye. Yeah. Damn it. So good.
2: Uh, she gets her first real case, and she goes hardcore into detectivizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really great, but, you know, she thinks she catches the right person. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. But something else is going on that she does not see, which will lead us right into the next issue. I
1: really loved this book. Yeah, Hawkeye was great. We didn't even talk about the great cover by uh, Julian Titino Tedesco yeah great stuff there uh, Tedesco's doing some amazing covers across yeah, the board some really good stuff uh, Kate Bishop one of the best characters we have one of the best characters uh, introduced in the last decade or so I would Has guess it it's, might, might have been, it's been more than, than a decade. decade it was yeah, 2004 yeah, I think yeah, Maybe sooner. Well, because someone no.
2: I, I tweeted out, I tweeted out pages from this a while ago, mm-hmm. and someone was like, "Oh, there's a new what? There's a new Hawkeye now." Blah blah blah. I was like, "She was created been in Young Avengers for, years for, years. For, yeah. for like twelve, thirteen years name? ago or whatever." Dummy. I didn't say dummy. I just said here. Is there an educating- implied dummy? No. All right. Because not everybody knows everything. Got to right. remember. No, I don't remember. Really right. All right. But anyway, uh, great comic book. Yeah. Also a great comic book, IVX number one. Oof, this is a
1: thick, meaty juicy, meaty, lot of lot of meat on the bones in this one. Yeah. It's a big comic. It's man. a big comic. Uh, written
2: uh, I wanna get the full creative team correct. Um, written by Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire Mm -hmm. pencils by Laniel Francis Yu inks by Jerry Alan Gwilan colors by David Curiel Um, there's a little bit of a different look to this from some of uh, Laniel's other recent work work. it's tight, it's intense it's really really good Mm -hmm. Uh, it's still got like his very his very awesome like flashes and really cool stuff but there's a lot more like deep blacks and stuff going on here It's, it's great, it's a very striking issue and this is really like telling you okay if you read Death of X, you know that over the course of the last eight months, things have really come to a head. The X-Men, the Inhumans, um, the uh, the X-Men did away with one of the Terrigen Clouds, uh, but they lost Madrox, they lost Cyclops, they mm-hmm. lost... Um, alchemy. Alchemy. Yep. Uh, and the Inhumans have lost the, another possibility to, you know, get their powers, their, their traditional, like... Livelihood. Yeah, it was.
1: Of. I we had. Uh, if you haven't listened already to the .5 episode this week, uh, I had Charles Soul in here. Talked to him a lot about this. I really like that he nails the conflict between the X Men and humans, as he goes. This is not a conflict where you automatically side with one over the other because they both have points. With the X Men, it's that this cloud is endangering them. With the Inhumans, it's that this cloud is. It's more to them than just a cloud of gas. It's basically culturally. It is everything to them. It is what defines them. It's the most important thing in their lives. Um, So when Charles put that spin on it, it really made it, because initially I was just kind of like, man, why don't they just kill that cloud? It's killing mutants. (laughs) Why don't they just put that cloud down? That was like my gut reaction. But then I thought to myself, you know, there are certainly things that I hold dear to myself that I would not be, you know, it would be very hard for me to just destroy them outright. So yeah, I mean, you
2: you know, if someone told you you can't, practice your religion or yeah. you couldn't. That's you know, essentially certain, what he equated it to. Yeah. Like that. And which for a lot of people that hits them really hard. And mm-hmm. like, you think about that, like, damn, that's, that's intense. So yep,
1: that's what the humans are going through. Yeah.
2: Um, so they've got these two sides, the X-Men, the X-Men, you know, go for a vote. Yep. They, they think about it and they're like, okay, we have the choice of leaving earth forever because mm-hmm. it's now poisonous to us or stopping this cloud which will not do any physical harm to the Inhumans. Right. They will still be able to live and do their thing. That's the way but they. But they know that this action will provoke war. Sure. Hundred percent. But they're trying to rationalize it out as best they can. the The X Men come to a very a, a vote, which may seem pretty obvious to them. Mm.
1: Um, I was surprised how some people went.
2: Yeah. Well, but I thought you know like, you know. This is, this is an interesting time for them. They're, you know who gets a lot of play like,
1: in this issue is your boy, Forge. <laughs> he's not my boy. You love Don't Forge. give me any of that, Forge. You no. and Dennis Hopeless love Forge. You, no. You no. ambushed me one time on a live stream mm-hmm. and told Dennis Hopeless I didn't Forge. like Forge. Because you don't. I don't like I, Forge. I don't hate him. Yeah. He's not like Crystal. I hate Crystal. I know you do. I don't... I think Forge is just... I don't think he's very good at what he does. No, I agree. Yeah.
2: I think... He has such potential,
1: Yeah, but he's he's
2: just not ever living up to it. Exactly. All right, so we're agreed. Anyway, um, yeah, so they've got all this stuff. The Inhumans, though, they know, okay, we have to do what we can. We're going to try and help as many mutants as we can. Mm -hmm. We're going to go out, living our lives, but we also have to watch our backs. We don't know what the mutants will do. They are put into a really precarious position. Uh, The mutants... They've already figured out what they need to do. Mm-hmm. They make their moves. They're already striking. And Emma
1: Frost plays a key point in all of this. If oh, any yeah. of you have been waiting to see what when Emma Frost is going to make her move, she is all over this issue. I mean, there's a lot of great moments for the X-Men. Magneto there's, there's has a, some, a, yeah, some key stuff in here. Good Magneto stuff, good Storm stuff, yeah. but some really great Emma Frost stuff. And again, talking to Charles yesterday, he was saying that his X-Men work is so influenced by Morrison. And what uh, Grant did back when he was writing the book, so you can be rest assured, Emma's going to play a huge part.
2: Yeah, I when I was in Brazil, I was on an X Men panel next to Frank Quitely, mm, who that's so cool is the sweetest dude. Yeah. And I didn't flip out and be like, "I love all your work, yeah," and I think you're one of the greatest super artists. super professional. Yeah, I was actually I was literally Good super professional. You. I didn't well, I didn't even think I said I was like, "Yeah, great, yeah. nice to meet you, whatever." But no big deal, inside, man. Instead, I was thinking, "Oh my god, hit." He's just the greatest. He's the best. He's, I, oh, I love best. his work so much. Uh, anyway. More yeah. work we love. Totally.
1: Yeah. Jessica Jones, number three, man. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Michael Gatos. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. This is not for kids. Parental advisory. How many kids should be reading this? Zero kids should be reading this. Uh, we have this cool flash right at the beginning where Jessica sees Captain Amer- the Captain America version of her kid. I'm not really sure how that worked, but it was cool. It was two pages long the bulk of this issue has jessica tied up to a chair in fact the entirety of this issue has jessica tied up to a chair as the spot tries to beat her up she is able to counter effectively um and he she's just like she makes the a fool of the spot but the spot is working for someone else uh this spins a little bit out of civil war ii a dangling thread that Mar- brian left dangling. we have interludes with luke cage going to Jessica's office and uh, running into another interested party, but mostly it's Jessica interacting with this woman. It's a classic Bendis conversational issue, uh, which some people are going to love and some people maybe don't. I don't know why you would love it. I freaking loved it. It's just great. It's just Bendis doing dialogue, man. It's what he does best. It makes me so happy. And Jessica and this woman, uh, she wants something from Jessica. Jessica may be in a position to give it to her. The woman's a very interesting character just based on what she's had done to her and the justifications of certain things. Um, by the end, Jessica gets out of the warehouse, but she is surprised to find out where she has been this whole time and who is right across the street from her. Yeah. It's great. Marvel's Avengers Ultron – Marvel Universe Avengers Ultron Revolution number six is adapted from uh, the animated series. This episode is The Thunderbolts written by Mark Hoffmeyer, directed by Phil Pignotti, and adapted by Joe Caramagna. Yeah. All
2: right. Mosaic number three, I believe. Yep. yep number Three. Nice. Written by Jeffrey Thorne Art by Carrie Randolph Tony Silas Colors by Emilio Lopez um, This is a big issue for uh, our man Mosaic Because huge revelations in here Oh my god Yeah I read this one this morning too And I was I felt bad for my man Mosaic Totally Um you know he's got these powers. He can jump from body to body, um, but he's sort of he's starting to acclimate himself to it. He's starting to figure out what he can do and and how he can do it. Uh, he makes some interesting choices, like hey, he has the opportunity to, to jump into his girlfriend's body, but he decides he says not, not to. to. Right? He's like
1: everybody has to keep their secrets. We also, also well, he ends up finding out her secrets anyway. He
2: does. Yeah. Uh, He jumps into her assistant, which opens up a whole new situation. A whole can of worms. Yeah. Six cans of worms. It's like a worm feast. Mm -hmm. Um, Worms everywhere. We also learn that he can't jump into the same body more than once. Right. Presumably. Presumably, he yeah. jumped into uh, this one dude, and then he can't jump back into him. Uh,
1: but he sort of like has this ghost-like state mm-hmm. where you know when he's not in a body. Oh, I think we also learned that people whose bodies he's jumped into in the past can see him. Yes, we're kind of figuring these rules out as we go, which we is great. It's cool. It's not. like
2: we're figuring them out along with him, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the classic you know Marvel thing. It's mm-hmm. like someone getting their powers. You you're on that role with them. It, it's really right. great. Uh, but we, I don't want to get too many. Into too many of the details about what he learned. Yeah, have fun with it. Uh, because it's intense. It's uh, very intense. By the end of it, he's like, he's sort of on the run, he needs to speed through some stuff, and he finds someone else to jump into, which that seems like it could be really crazy. That
1: could be really interesting, especially if he learns as much as he usually learns. Yeah. Uh, Charles said yesterday, Mosaic has a cool part in IVX. I would imagine so. so I would hope look so. forward to that. Yeah, he showed up
2: really briefly in the Tony Stark Civil mm-hmm. War stuff, right? yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah. Uh, Old Man Logan, number 15, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Felipe Andrade, colors by Jordi Belair. This is part two of Monster War, guest starring The Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is just an all-out gore fest here. It's an all-out monster war. It's kind of a gore fest. There's like black blood drawn on every single page. I don't think there's any page here that doesn't have blood spurting out from someone's orifice or cut or their head or anything uh what logan is doing is he's fighting dracula who's got jubilee under his control in his thrall as well as vampire by night who is fighting her old teammates in the howling commandos of shield so it's up to logan to figure out all right how do i stop dracula in his place of power in his castle where he is at his most mighty uh the break that gives logan a chance to spring into action is actually fantastic because it's a uh it's a Howling Commanders of S.H.I.E.L.D. twist um, oh that my I gosh. love. Um, I love that. That was pretty fantastic. They do get free. Um, Jubilee has a nice moment. Uh, then things get really gross towards the end, what they're doing with Dracula, what they're doing with his head, what they do with poor Cerebra. And, but there's a nice uh, bit at the end with Logan and Jubilee and Shogo that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So, fun little issue.
2: I love the way Shogo is drawn, too. Giant yeah, head. Love it. Looks like a baby.
1: Poe Dameron, number nine, written by Charles Soule, art by Phil Noto. We've got Poe and C-3PO uh, trying to retrieve information and rescue a droid operative of 3POs on the planet Kadak, But their enemy, Terex, is also on the planet Kadak. What's kind of cool about this issue is, well, Poe and 3PO and their buddy are going about their business. Terex is basically walking through the streets and then having flashbacks to when he was a younger man, when he had hair um, and all the dirty dealings he got up to back when the empire had just fallen and all the things he tried to do to get the empire back into shape. So we're getting a little bit more of Terex's past, uh, find out like he was, he was a stormtrooper. Uh, he still wears the armor from time to time. We find out why he wears the armor and we, uh, Yet Poe and 3PO getting into a lot of trouble based on 3PO's big mouth by the end of the issue. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> Power Man and Iron Fist number 11, written by David F. Walker, art by Sanford Green, colors by Lee Lorridge. This book, man, this freaking book. So it's, it's, it's this gang war going on. This took me a long time to read, which I liked. It took me in a good way. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of things being balanced. It's as much a Power Man and Iron Fist book as it is about these villains, these old Marvel villains like Tombstone, Mr. Fish, Cockroach Hamilton, uh, Cornell Cottonmouth, um, Dontrell, who is, I think, Barracuda or something. Anyways, these guy and Gamecock, also involved. It's This is really more about all the plans that are swirling around that Alex Wilder is putting together. Disco devil. Um, that Alex Wilder is drawing villains in because he wants to make a move on Harlem. He wants to do what his dad did back in the original Runaways. And it's like everyone else is completely un- unaware. I love Cottonmouth. He's probably my favorite character in this issue. He speaks in the third person. He disses on Black Cat. Um, He's actually really rude to Black Cat. I kind of wanted Black Cat to scratch him. And I was disappointed that she didn't get her comeuppance. Oh, she will. She's Black Cat. Yeah, I hope she does at some point. But, yeah, we see all these. uh, We're still seeing some of the stuff from Civil War II where these old criminals who had gone straight are getting their criminal records back. And... Again, Alex Wilder has something to do with all of it. Luke and Danny really have no idea what's going on. They're just running around trying to get some semblance on it. Sanford Green's art is fantastic. It's so different than anything else you would see. Uh, I love the way he draws Iron Fist and his mask in particular. I uh, really enjoyed that. And there's a lot of texture and like,
2: it feels like mm-hmm. a real world thing. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. Yeah. But, like, no, no. I get you. There's th- the way he draws the, th- the way that things feel seems very real. Yeah.
1: And uh, by the end, we get the big Alex Wilder moment. Uh, He's he's awesome. He's an awesome villain. We haven't utilized him for years, and now he's back. And it's right where he picked. He picks up right where he left off. And I can't wait for Luke and Danny to actually come into contact. But I love. I just love the villains. I love the Fang Gang. Uh, I I love reading more about him. I love Cottonmouth. I love Cockroach Hamilton. I love getting their point of view of stuff because David Walker just has such wonderful voices for all of them. It's, It's tremendous. It's really, really great. All right, up next is Silk, number 15,
2: written by Robbie Thompson, art by Irene Strakowski, uh, colors by Ian Herring and Irma Knavila. And uh, this is another clone conspiracy tie-in as Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk, Uh, a.k.a. Silk Worm, in her really uh, elaborate disguise. Uh, She is with her ghost dead boyfriend. Um, Makes total sense. What's his name? Spectro. Spectro. Uh, They are trying to infiltrate New You because – they find they think something funky is going on. And yeah. of course, um Cindy goes up against Maddie Franklin, who is the third spider woman Correct. Who is dead. Yeah. Was. very dead. How did she die too? Uh,
1: she died in remember that Grim Hunt storyline? Oh yeah. Where they yeah. captured all the cravens captured all the spiders. They killed her and Madame Webb. Yeah. In that uh story. Yeah, I think wasn't Maddie also
2: being used for like human for like growth hormone that was in alias, alias yeah way back when she's had, she's a, rough had a rough go, rough go oof, of it man oof. real
1: rough go of it oof. but she's alive and she's uh doing security and, and stuff. tj deach says he has every issue of her series wow how many is that I have no idea, but he spelled her name wrong in an article, and I said, that's not the way you spell her name. And he goes, oh, I should really know that. I have every issue of her series. Congratulations, TJ. You've been (laughs)
2: shamed. You blew it again. Um, But there's this great fight between Maddie and Cindy, Uh, a little bit of talking, a little bit of action going on. Uh, While that's going on uh, inside New U, Spectro is starting to see what's going on but he runs into some interference doc ock is there we go back to new york we see um some stuff happening with cindy's Ooh, family what's
1: going on with her dad yeah her
2: dad is what uh is up there he's got some stuff brewing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mom knows it she knows what's up she doesn't know exactly but she's not okay with it no not okay uh, at all we're definitely going to see more of that as we get into things but uh cindy and um uh, maddie Come to an agreement where they're they're going to talk about things. Mm-hmm. They're going to see what's up. Um, they stop fighting, and Maddie's just like you. Just you got to learn about New U. You, you, mm-hmm. you got to see what's up. It's it's a good thing, uh, which leads us to seeing uh, Jonah J Jonah Jameson actually taking Cindy to New U to show her what's going on. Um, but there are a lot of problems in store for them ahead. Alright, on to Spider-Man number 10 written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Nico Leone, colors by Marte Gracia and Rochelle Rosenberg and uh, this one is it's an intense one so uh, we're still dancing around a little bit the events at the end of Civil War 2
1: because that final issue hasn't shipped yet. It should be shipping soon and we get Kind of the events leading up to the end from Miles Morales' perspective, yep. which, as you know, if you've been reading Civil War Two, is a key perspective because he has been accused of doing something. Which might as well just say they're they're accusing him of plotting to kill Captain America, Steve no, Rogers,
2: of killing Captain America, not just yeah. plotting. Like the vision that Ulysses shows all the heroes is Miles holding Steve Rogers' dead, bloody body. Yep,
1: it's gross. It's intense. Gross, guys. And Miles is like. That's not me. No. I've not... I would not do that. I'm not that. doing that. The, th- the thing that's so tragic is no, one, literally no one thinks Miles would do this, Yeah, and but they're all just so like, we need to deal with it, we're so flabbergasted, because Captain America doesn't think he would do it, Iron Man doesn't think he would do it, yeah. even Captain Marvel doesn't think he would do it, but Captain Marvel doesn't want to take a chance, which you can't really fault her for. I mean, this is her stance, though. Yeah. She's like,
2: but this is what we've learned. Mm-hmm. If
1: this is the vision that we've seen,
2: and this... All the evidence that, you know, all these visions Mm -hmm. come true, we have to
1: do something. Yeah, and who's to say he doesn't get mind controlled or a clone or... Magic. Eat some bad anchovies. Oh, those bad anchovies will lead to murder.
2: You know? Murder. Uh, but Miles is telling this story to Gonky and to Fabio who is gold, gold balls. balls. And of course uh Ms. Marvel, Ms. Shows, Marvel up. shows up,
1: she and Biggins are right in the room. Awesome. It's hilarious. It's a great thing. But Miles tells a story. I like Miles' group of friends. Yeah. I would I would like to hang out with them. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd fit in. No, you're a little bit old for yep. them. Way too old.
2: Um but uh, miles so recounts this whole thing um and what actually happened at the end and he's he's super bummed really upset uh, but also leads to a little bit that last page with his dad it's rough
1: whew, whew. well there's an added layer to it of miles of miles believing like i don't know i could go bad my uncle went bad my dad was not the nicest guy yeah. maybe this is in me maybe this is and that's so I'm, upsetting where i'm Bound to end up. It's oh very upsetting. God, poor kid. Uh, let's go to something a little more light, a little more fun, like totally awesome Hulk number thirteen, written by Greg Pak, art by Luke Ross and German Peralta, colors by J. David Ramos and Dono Sanchez Almara. Uh, this is the big guest starring Jeremy Lin issue. Jeremy Lin is of course a basketballer. Basketball who man. plays for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and he's right in there on page four. Uh, this is pretty much just an issue about. Amadeus Cho hanging out with Jeremy Lin, playing basketball with him. We get to see Amadeus's secret hideout. Uh, we get to see video games that he made. He's just basically trying to impress Jeremy Lin. Um, They go to a benefit game for Equal Rights for Every Intelligence, which is um, Jeremy Lin's charity where he tries to get equal treatment for, like, aliens and robots and stuff. It's a real thing. It's very surreal, this whole story, because it's just kind of rolling. It's like, oh, hey, now it's a basketball game with all these monsters. Now the Hulk is playing basketball. Um, And then a giant robot dragon crashes down in and Amadeus strikes, starts trying to smash it and him smashing it and he alive. don't listen yeah he don't listen he need to listen because the other thing that's going through the thread that's running through the whole issue is he's trying to get in touch with his sister Maddie who has abandoned him because she was frustrated with him she finally gets in touch with him at the end saying guess what you screwed up again you big dummy yeah and you got burnt yeah you burnt you burnt uh, all right on to an unbeatable
2: squirrel girl number 15 written by Ryan North a very special issue yeah art by Erica Henderson Zach Gorman Michael Cho uh, colors by Rico Renzi Um, this is one of the greatest issues Mm -hmm. in comics history (laughs) it's a focus on Mew who is Nancy Whitehead, aka uh, Nancy? Nancy, yeah. aka <laughs> uh, uh, Squirrel Girl's roommate. Uh, roommate. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm running at half capacity. Yeah, no, you're, um, you're doing great. Mew. It's really a spotlight on Mew. There's you know this crazy fight that happens. Things are going on. Uh, Squirrel Girl and uh, Nancy have to run. They have to uh stop taskmaster master, master uh, of tasks yeah master something, of
1: tasks something they reiterate a
2: few times in many here. times yeah um but Mew is left alone at home Mew gets into some business uh is thinking of you know all kind of stuff there's a mouse uh there's just great if you love cats this is this your is team. your issue this there's is the one for you really great stuff there's dream sequences all oh, the dream sequences are tight totally dream sequences uh Are drawn by Zach Gorman um, and they're really cute. They're really fun. I love them. Um, But we get Taskmaster shows up, busts through the apartment where Mew is, and Mew is, you know, upset by all this stuff, uh, but does cat stuff and Mm -hmm. runs around, meets up with a dog, which looks like Lucky. Oh, that'd be so great. But like, I didn't even think of that. Because, you know, Lucky has one eye. Right. Um, Lucky has like this dog here. Has a collar on. It's yeah. just, I don't know why this dog is out here in, you know. But um, there's pizza. Uh, Washington Square Park. Yeah. But, yeah, there's definitely pizza and this dog, you know, Mew and this dog, they become friends. And it is. It's ev- wonderful. I literally dream about animals being friends a lot. I love animals being friends mm-hmm. when they shouldn't be. Um, there's this big fight with Tasha Traditionally, no, naturally, no. by the
1: order of I don't buy nature. that. Don't buy that. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, it's just great to watch this fight happen around Mew and around this dog. Mew thinking of ways to help out and get involved. And this dog, so cute, gets slapped by Mew, Mew running around. And just, it is terrific. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Squirrel girl. Uh, saves the day, but not without the help of Mew and this dog. I really hope the dog gets a beautiful home and mm-hmm. hugs and lots of treats mm-hmm. and belly
1: rubs. And, um, yeah, I just I love this issue so much. It's it's very poignant. Um, Finally, we've got Uncanny Avengers number 17, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Pepe Larraz, colors by David Curiel. This wraps up the arc where the Avengers are in Japan because the hand has kidnapped Bruce Banner's corpse and reanimated it into this crazy samurai hulk who fights all our heroes. Um, Synapse is the one who's able to finally get kind of a beat on him. Elektra is teaming up with our heroes and trying to help out. Quicksilver plays a key role. Doctor Voodoo has a plan. He needs Synapse's help to pull it off. He needs some help from Human Torch. Uh, it's, it's just a cool way of all these guys working together. Doctor Voodoo gets kind of has to run kind of a gauntlet of something with the hand where he gets tempted, but he may or may not prove to be up to the task. Not like Taskmaster, who would master the task. He would he is up to the task. He would master it. Uh, we get to see Deadpool playing the piano. We get to see Cable. We get to see Electro plant a big one on. Human Torch, and then we're going right into the aftermath of Civil War II from here. And something terrible is going on with Quicksilver that's going to lead to next issue where the Red Skull is not going to be in a funny story uh, about Christmas. He's going to be in a serious story where he's being the Red Skull.
2: Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to those Steve McNiven covers. Mm, beautiful Whoa. Steve McNiven Oof. cover.
1: Yeah. Oof. The ladies of the Uncanny Avengers take center stage. Yeah. Very nice. A lot of good stuff this it's week, a man. Tough one. A lot it's of a tough week. I'm tempted. I like Full Killer a lot. I think I made that clear. Um, Power Man and Iron Fist was really, really good. Hawkeye, I think, is going to be my twin of the week. Sweet, because Hawkeye uh, just really came in strong. Good debut issue. Think it's going to be a really good series. Great. That means I don't have to pick Hawkeye. But you don't have to pick Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, which I would, mm-hmm.
2: if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Jones would be up there for me. IVX would definitely be yeah, IVX right is up the there. Mix. That was really good. Daredevil. It was know. really tough not picking um, Daredevil this week,
1: <laughs> but I got to go with Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. It's it's my you go. My fave. It's your fave. That's awesome. All right. A lot of good stuff to read this week, though, guys. Check it all out. And also check out on sale these collections, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Volume 2, Under New Management, Marvel Masterworks Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 18, in hardcover, Miss Marvel, Volume 6, Civil War 2, Punisher Max, The Complete Collection, Volume 4, Uncanny and Humans, Volume 3, Civil War 2, Web Warriors of the Spider-Verse, Volume 2, Spiders Versus, X-Men Inferno Crossovers, and... It's come again. It's now time for all of us to go to our local retailers and pick up a soft cover edition of the greatest story ever told, X-Men Executioner's Song. It's got Strike Files got in it. It's strike got Strike Files. It's got the trading cards it's in it. it got the trading cards. Well, not actual
2: trading cards. Right. It's the, Uncut. The, 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 the reproductions the of the yes. trading cards. Oh,
1: it's everything you want. Guys, we talk about Executioner's Song. We talk it up for good reason. Please See for yourself. Go enjoy the splendor and the magnificence that is Executioner's song.
2: It is splendiferous, Mm -hmm. as Strami would say. Mm.
1: Yes. Boo.
2: (laughs) um digital comics on sale this week uh the books we talked about but also dr strange punisher magic bullets infinite comic number three which i thought was out last week but somehow i was able to read a Mm. an unfinished version on my app last week which was not a right thing to do no um so i haven't had a chance to read the full version that has the lettering in it yet but
1: did you think it was just like a silent issue
2: no i actually went to editorial Uh, i was like guys did we do a silent silent issue or am i missing something here yeah. Um, there's demons and fighting and exploding and grossness, and it's all awesome. And Doctor Strange casts a shield, and Punisher blows some stuff up, and there's s- axes and stuff. Sounds like what they should do. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, John Barber wrote it. Um, I don't have the full list in front of me for the rest of the creative team, but it is dope. Um, also on sale on the Marvel app this week Fantastic Four 323, Guardians of the Galaxy, awesome mix, infinite comic number three. Iron Man, Enter the Mandarin, 1 through 6. Iron Man, Hyper Velocity, 1 through 6. Web of Spider-Man, 47 and 48. Wolverine, The Best There Is. That was a good little three. series. It was yeah. gross. It was really gross. Really gross, but I liked it. Uh, I 1 through 12. Um, X-Men, 85 through 87. Also, wasn't Madcap in that? Yeah.
1: Madcap. It sure was. Madcap, Madcap was, was a villain there.
2: totally in Wolverine, The Best There Is. Yep. Uh sort of was sparking that madcap renaissance
1: the madcap renaissance that we live in to this day
2: yeah uh and then x-men 110 through 113 digital collections on sale this week we've got avengers or uh, agents of shield volume two under new management amazing spider-man masterworks volume 18 aranya volume three night of the hunter night of the hunter ms marvel volume six civil war two New Excalibur, Volume 2, Last Days of Camelot. I believe
1: that's a Frank Tieri joint. Ooh. So extra bonus points there.
2: Nice. New Exiles, Volume
1: 4. Away we go.
2: <laughs> Uncanny Humans, Volume 3, Civil War 2. Web Warriors of the Spider-Verse, Volume 2, Spider-Verses. X-Men Inferno Crossovers, which is... Awesome! It's yep. got like Ann Nocenti, John Romita Jr., Daredevil issues oh, in sweet. it. Oh, sweet! Those are it's, so good. Yeah, it's got a whole bunch of stuff. It's got you know you want your talking mailboxes and, and this is where stuff. you're gonna find them. This is your yeah. jam. It's so good. I was flipping through it last week. uh Extra Extreme X Men volumes five and six. God loves, man kills, and Intifada. Intifada.
1: No executioner song in the digital collections. It's probably already available. I hope it was so. Probably released already. God, I hope so. Uh, Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 6, All-New X-Men number 10, Civil War 2, Amazing Spider-Man number 1, Civil War 2, Gods of War number 1, Daredevil number 8, Darth Vader number 21, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money number 5, Defenders Annual number 1 from 1976, Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme the 90s series number 36, Doom 2099 number 14, Ghost Rider from 1997 through 20 and 26 through 27. Yeah. Giant Size Avengers number two from back in the 70s. Giant Size Super Villain Team-Up with Doctor Doom and Namor issues number one (sighs) and two. Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. Howard the Duck number eight. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. New Avengers number 12. Poe Dameron number three. Thunderbolts number two. Venom Space Knight number eight. Vision number eight. And the first nine issues of one of my favorite comics from when I was a kid X-Men 2099 Why written was by John Francis Moore art by the great Ron Lim uh, it was just a good looking book It was I was such a huge X-Men fan at the time and when 2099 launched initially they didn't have the X-Men the X-Men was their like additional book they, it was the fifth book that came out because the original four were Spider-Man, Ravage, Punisher and Doom and then X-Men came out a few months in and I was just all over it I loved those characters um, Skull. Was it Skullfire? Yep, Skullfire was like the big main guy. Chumbawamba, B- Blood Scream was in there or something. Bloodhawk, yeah. Bloodhawk—the most '90s characters ever. Bloodfart, Streak, yeah, Bloodfart was in there. He was deadly. Um, snack times. <laughs> yep, beers and rocks, snack pack. Yep, it was great. Hamburglar. Oh, good times. The Hamburglar was <laughs> one of the villains. I don't
2: know anything about X Men Twenty Ninety Nine. Oh, it's so good. You gotta read it. <laughs> check it out.
1: Cool. Uh, all right, let's kick it over to news.
3: And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News! No-
1: Okay, not a lot of news this week, but we do have uh, confirmation that all-new Wolverine is going to continue into Resurrection. That's great news. Tom Taylor is going to keep on writing it. Leonard Kirk is the new artist, which is very cool. And uh, the first arc in Resurrection... They are going to, first of all, have a new costume for Laura, which you can see on Marvel.com. And she's going to be dealing with an alien virus, which is deadly to the entire Marvel Universe. And she's got to be the one to stop it and take it down. Because when the alien who spreads the virus shows up, he says Laura's name. Well. What? Why? I don't know. It's going to be crazy. That's intense. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all the news we got. That's all the news we got this week man this is a bit of a slow news we week we already talked about the contest of champions stuff last week I'm yep. still playing that mm-hmm. uh, there's an update to Marvel Future Fight that I think is coming later this week um, there's updates to Marvel Puzzle Quest coming next week Sumsum has this I'm new Heroes about. for Hire thing yeah didn't we talk about that last week I don't we remember we did we talked about it because I, I mentioned started like, it, cause I started playing it because like, I said it had like little cotton mouth and little yes. chemistro yes I was like Which that's great super fun yeah yeah
2: alright I Isn't guess it? that's fine let and Christine will have more stuff uh, and they got
1: a whole TWIM URC to talk about. Yeah. What did they talk about? Do you remember? Thor, the Mighty Avenger. Oh, oh, so good. Yeah. Why did we not choose that? I don't dog know. No, now, it's, now it's theirs forever. Damn it. Damn it?
2: Damn it. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> All right. I'm going to go. I can't go to sleep yet. Um, Soon.
1: Yeah. Soon, man. All
2: right, guys. Uh, stay tuned to the end of their TWIM URC to find out m- my pick. For the next one, we'll talk about it in two weeks, but we'll be back uh next week to talk about all the things. Bye guys. Bye. This is Marvel, your Pizza Butt.
3: It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the
0: West Coast, baby. Yeah.
3: Hello, this week in Marvel Lights. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom.
0: And assistant editor Christine Dinn.
3: Wundt Via Stromstein. You're joining us on the Wheels tour, bus. We're going uh,
0: to Transylvania. That's, that's what it sounds like. That's Transylvanian? Yeah. I was going for German
3: again. <laughs> Just to I refresh people, like the jokes are... being like the, the band Romstein. It's <laughs> Whatever. All right. Um, we don't got much, so we're going to talk for like 30 seconds and then cut to TWIM-URC. Uh, what we got? This week, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot came out featuring uh, yo-yo yes six-part original digital series um on uh, based off of marvel's agents of shield obviously spot-
0: um uh, dramatic
3: yes spotlight, it action-packed. spot spot spotlights yo-yo uh you can watch all six episodes now um on the abc app on abc's youtube channel on marvel's youtube channel on marvel.com there are a bunch of places. Just type into the Google machine uh, <laughs> "Marvel's Agents of Shield Slingshot" and mm-hmm. you will find it one way or another.
0: Yeah, I I very enjoyed it. I got to see more of um, what's their couple name? Yo, y- <laughs> yo, Mac. No, what's what was their couple name?
3: I have no idea. You're the you're the Tumblr person in this oh, office. What
0: is? <laughs> I'm just Yo Kenzie? No. I don't
3: think either of those sound right.
0: I don't, I'm, just, I'm not really good at making nicknames. Mayo? Mayo! That was Wait, a, is
3: that literally what is?
0: Well, that's what we call it.
3: Oh, Mayo? All right. <laughs> that's
0: what oh. we called it, Mayo.
3: <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yes, uh, uh, so that's very cool. You can see that. Uh, we'll be taking behind the scenes with a little featurette. Um, hopefully, later this week, we will release that. And... What, uh, what else can I say about? Oh, of course, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield returns. Um,
0: i feel like Tuesday, in two...
3: January tenth. It's coming up.
0: Yeah, it's New Year's th- so almost over. Well, because
3: we don't have we don't have uh, Marvel's Agent Carter this year, Bridget. So the the season rollout is structured R.I.P. differently for Shield. Um, and we should say Marvel's Agents of Shield Slingshot. Also, it's set. Well, there's a framing sequence set in the present, but it's mostly a flashback to um, events in the months before season four wraps up. Let's some dangling plot threads from Yo-Yo's first appearance, actually. Kind
0: of also how like we find out Yo-Yo and Daisy still stayed in contact after. Yes. She yes. went on the run.
3: Sort of establishes all that.
0: And S- so, Cobia accords.
3: S- yes, and you get to for the first time actually. You see someone sign the Sokovia Accords and the whole process and what that's like. That's the first time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. you actually see someone do it.
0: I also found out what Mace's color level is, his clearance color level. What is it? Platinum. Hmm.
3: <laughs> um,
0: I was like, I wanted to know what the spectrum is.
3: Everybody wants to know what the spectrum is. I think Fitz is the one <laughs> who wants to know what is the most. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so there's there is there is that, and what else? There's a new Funko short.
0: It was it's our third and final Marvel Funko short called Chimichangas, featuring Deadpool and Venom, and an adorable taco truck.
3: Which is actually the based on the Funko Deadpool uh, truck that yeah. they did It's like a San Diego exclusive one yeah.
0: or something. And if you ever need to know how to pose in photos, there's like a good sequence with Deadpool. Showing all his classic poses.
3: All right. So <laughs> this is Hollywood. The town goes very, very quiet around the holidays. So that's all we got for you. All right. Moving on to TWIMURC. URC.
1: <laughs> TWIMURC. T-W-Y-M-U-R-C. T-W-Y-M-U-R-C.
3: hey everyone i know you missed us
0: we're back
3: nobody missed me (laughs) some Um,
0: people will miss you when you go away
3: yeah yeah. (laughs) when 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 there's the week where you just in i just talked
0: to myself like right before
3: new year's where you just talk to yourself and you're just like hey guys it's christina no news okay sending you
0: back to ryan and ben oh makeup news
3: oh no don't do that haven't we learned that lesson no more it's fake very news.
0: Prevalence.
3: No more no more fake news. <laughs> um, all right, so Twimme RC. Yeah. Christine chose this one yeah again yes. because she for some reason she's like really against letting me choose. I don't know what to You up just don't
0: that. participate in the in the Slack messages. <laughs>
3: No, Wait, what's Slack messages? That's because you and Ben just have Slack messages to yourselves. You're
0: in the Slack and you just don't respond. I'm usually like on set or so. I don't know. So if you don't call dibs, I just call dibs. All
3: right, fine. Well, she chose Thor the Mighty Avenger this time.
0: Um, Adorable.
3: Yes, it is. It's a great series from what? Roger, 2011?
0: 20, was it 2013?
3: Um... No, it wasn't twenty thirteen. It was like it's like twenty ten or twenty eleven.
0: They might have twenty eleven then. Yeah. It was an odd year.
3: Um, so
0: it was definitely my favorite all ages series Oh, absolutely. during it's, that time.
3: It's uh it's written by Roger, Roger Langridge, drawn by Chris Somney, colored by Matt Wilson, lettered by Russ. uh two of the finest letters in the business, Chris Eliopoulos and um Russ Wooten. Uh Edited by Nick Cosby. Uh, Nick Cosby. I remember this was a big passion project for him. It was. Uh, And it shows because the series is kind of awesome. I mean, you mentioned it is all ages, but it's it's one of those things where, like, it's... To me, there's a difference between kids' comics and Mm -hmm. all-ages' comics. Like, kids' comics are, like, sometimes... Or like kids' movies, or like things right. like that. It's like a right, not
0: licensed property, but
3: those are those are definitely for like the five-year-olds. Whereas mm-hmm. all ages, it's like I enjoy the crap of this. I could give it to a five-year-old and they'd enjoy the crap of it, and it's just amazing. Yep. Uh we've got this. Was I think my, might not have been the first work Chris Somney did for Marvel, but I think it was maybe the like the, first the regular big, work he did. Yeah.
0: And the most talked about, because I remember it's all everyone talked about on Twitter.
3: Yeah. Uh, Twitter existed back then?
0: Yeah. Oh. That's how I got to know that this book was out, and I knew every month to pick it up.
3: Yeah, Unfortunately, it was very short-lived, only lasted eight issues, sort of stopped mid-story. I remember language had sort of a 12-issue arc um. planned out. So we never get to find out who Mr K is, we never get to find out
0: what he did.
3: What what Thor did that got him banished. But it doesn't matter because it's still so much fun. Yeah. Like my favorite writing bit that I don't think I picked up on the first time around was the fact that everybody just refers to Thor as Big Fella. <laughs> yeah. Like at one point or another, every character refers to him as Big Fella.
0: I was like when I you called him Huldo because he just needs to wash his hair.
3: In the in that first issue, you mean where he's... No,
0: she keeps referencing. She's like, the best moment ever was when a hobo just walked into the museum. Wait, but she's talking about how he looked back then. Yeah. Now he's
3: all clean. Mm,
0: to be seen. Yeah. I feel like he can brush his hair. He's clean. He's clean and
3: sparkly. <laughs> well, you don't I guess
0: that have... i expect from an Asgardian god.
3: And uh, I also loved in this series how much they just, like played into that old trope of like heroes meet they misunderstand each other they punch each other they realize <laughs> they're misunderstanding each other they're like sorry bro and then, like, they
0: bro. It. And then yeah. mostly it's just Thor punching everyone he punches before he gets to talk to them
3: well i think that's part of the whole thing he's there he's learning his humility um
0: I don't know if he learns it.
3: Well, not not by issue eight, of course. Like we said, it was the run was cut short due to sales. Uh, this was a yeah. very beloved book, but beloved by Me. few. It it never it never quite found its audience, which I always thought was a shame because it was.
0: Uh, I don't know. It's still a little serious like that I pass on to. The like youngins. Oh, I abs- want them to
3: absolutely, be- absolutely. If any of you out there are looking for the perfect Marvel book to get like some young child in your life, that be is a good intro to Thor. It, it's a great intro to Thor, but it's also a great intro to Marvel because you get Thor, you know, teaming up with Iron Man. You get Thor teaming up with Namor. You get Thor teaming up with Giant Man. Um, you get. You get Loki in it. You get you get Thor and Jane. You have Mister Hyde.
0: Yeah. Get uh, yeah, his merry crew.
3: Yeah. You get you get the Warriors Three. Like it's just a and great. Like,
0: As a big ass uh, dragon.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that's actually from one of the original comics. Oh, is that is what Anne? he?
0: I mean, he does reference it, but I was just not like, oh.
3: No, I think I think in one of the very early Lee and Kirby stories um, in Journey into Mystery. There is a point where, unless I'm just completely making this up, I swear there's a point where uh, <laughs> Thor has to fight a giant dragon and it turns out that it's like, I don't know if it's Heimdall like transformed or if Heimdall was casting some illusion, but I swear this happened.
0: Oh, that was just so like, blew my mind. I totally forgot, but now I remembered and I love it.
3: And it's basically like a tiny fin Fang foam, too, which is <laughs> yeah. was, was great. It's like, mm. Mini Feng Feng. (laughs) Uh, uh, What was I going to say? I mean, it's just... Again, like Roger Langridge, he's a great, great storyteller. Also highly recommend, if you have not read them, Roger Langridge's uh, Muppets Comics, which we actually published as an omnibus a couple years back. So you can pick that up. He did a 24-issue run on the Muppets that are basically like imagine your favorite episode of the Muppets and it's just like that times twenty four did you ever a, read those
0: I didn't I Ugh. think I missed it but oh, he's they, they an so awesome good. storyteller
3: um uh he, he's he, his characters in here they're so charming they're so I'm gonna pull up
0: uh yeah like
3: the first four I support
0: eight. this Jane Foster relationship <laughs> me was like I support
3: them I'm gonna pull up the first like uh First uh, trade I, because I was going to say like you also get Chris Somney like you get Chris Somney he's such a clean storyteller and such like a, a like you can just follow the story so mm-hmm. perfectly from his, as fans of his work on Daredevil and Black Widow now can attest to but you also get like do you remember I'm trying to pull up the exact reference it's one of the very last pages of issue three. Do you remember there's one Christine where it's it's where uh, Thor finally like knocks out Giant Man. Yes. And like the way Chris Somni shows him breaking out of like his uh, illusion is that like <laughs> it, he's like breaking a mirror and yeah. on like or like a gl- piece of glass and on the front is like the Frost Giant that Thor thinks he's fighting mm-hmm. and underneath it is Giant Man. Right. Uh, I don't know. I I remember seeing that and...
0: I'm totally in love with Chris Amney's art.
3: um, Yeah, I mean, this is... Like I say, and this is... It's important to note, like, they weren't beholden to continuity with this book. No. Like, they they were just sort of telling, like, an iconic classic reimagining Mm -hmm. of Thor's first days. Um, Which is nice, because because they're not beholden to continuity that also makes it all the more accessible because you can just go in not knowing anything um yeah I don't know I you talk more Christine I feel like I've talked too much (laughs) what else did you love about this little details
0: I think it's just like the beautiful storytelling and I guess it's like um yeah you kind of see the more intimate moments of Jane and Thor and how people notice that, you know, like that they both fancy each other before they even realize it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's all like, they just they don't, they haven't realized it. And I think it's it's charming.
3: One one other cool thing that I want to mention uh, that this was something that Nate Cosby did, the editor, was the recap pages in the front yes. were actually like recut scenes mm-hmm. and re scenes from past issues, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that Nick Cosby was doing uh, in a number of his books at the time, um, which I always really dug. I thought that was always a really smart and yeah. engaging way to do recap pages rather than like a, you know, wall of text.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely remember that. It's also like when, you know, like when it was like a monthly, instead of like going back to the issue, like it, that page just captures the essence of the issue before it or yeah. the before
3: it. Yeah, exactly. It,
0: it, it It's like what you see in front of a TV trailer. Like Or like a TV the, show yeah. you mean. Yeah, yeah TV like episode. the
3: previously on. Um No, absolutely. Yeah. That was that was the impetus and the thinking of it. Uh and yeah, I don't know. That that's always something that I I would encourage uh I don't know. It's, it's something I'd, I'd like to see more of. I thought it was really fun. Mhm. Um Alright, let's let's talk a little bit about we had one listener, Penelope Cat, a uh, very loyal Twim URC follower, come in with some comments. Uh I'll read the first half. Christine will do the second. Cool. Rereing Thor the Mighty Avenger for Twim URC is bittersweet. It's a great comic, but frustrating knowing it's such a short run. We touched uh, on that a little yeah. bit before. Um yeah, the fact that was cut short before it's time. There's actually one other, do you remember the free comic book day issue that they did, Christine? For this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was Thor and Captain America uh, by Language Insomni. That was sort of like an unofficial ninth issue. I think
0: I, I did pick that up. Of but the
3: series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but we did not read.
0: Uh, it was not collected into Marvel Unlimited was
3: it? Is it well, in Marvel the, Unlimited? In this
0: trade that we picked for their Ultimate Reading. No, book.
3: There, I think but I think it's elsewhere in Marvel yes. Unlimited. i just have to find it. Uh, I know I've been reading comics for a long time when I know the creators from their pre Marvel work every time I read a Twim C selection. The first Chris Somney work I ever read was uh the Capodian Kansas graphic novel, No indication that he'd be a great superhero artist. That was no. uh, I think Oni published that, and Andy Parks wrote it.
0: I don't recall. I
3: think I think I think I am speaking something like truth. Uh look at Marvel Unlimited and Somni's website. It looks like this may have been his first superhero major superhero work. Uh, and yes, as we talked about earlier, I, I do believe that is true. Um, I think uh, I certainly don't remember anything regular from Somni before this. He may have done like an odd job here or there.
0: Yeah, I think this was what true my eyes says work.
3: Um I can't remember where I first saw Roger Langridge's work, Doctor Who magazine, maybe or some small press anthology he he has done a, a large amount yeah. of
0: uh ollie just like that snarked,
3: yeah, or Fred the clown yeah. uh, he's done some stuff that isn't so ollie <laughs> uh some of his earlier yeah. stuff is not so ollie
0: that was that boom where which yes I,
3: yes he does yeah. he does do that but there there were some other stuff uh <laughs> from back in the day that uh that are I mean not I'm not he's saying just, that they were like super yeah. not all ages it's, it's just you know a little just bit more He just has like
0: irreverent. a really fascinating mind.
3: Um he's a very clan and even it should be known that uh language is a cartoonist himself and his his cartoon his cartooning and his writing is very it's very traditionally structured it's great he's phenomenal at uh Wherever I saw it, he's another guy whose work did not scream. Marvel Superhero writer. I always thought he was great. Maybe that's why Thor the My Avenger is so great. They don't have a big background in superheroes for so it feels like its own thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean this is
3: certainly a fresh tag. I mean, these are this is clearly
0: It's something where you're not weighed down by the, history. Yes. That you can just jump in and dive and just kinda kinda just reacquaint with yourself with Marvel heroes.
3: Yep. As it claimed as he is, it only lasted eight issues and feels like it was intended for more average to assume it was cut short. Your assumption, sadly, is correct, Penelope Cat. As I talked about earlier, language originally envisioned it as a 12-issue run and it was uh, cut short, unfortunately, with not very much opportunity for language to rewrite it to bring it to a satisfying conclusion in a satisfying way. I think you just sort of wanted to just... And a great story as opposed to, you know, just uh, creating a forced ending that didn't quite work. Okay.
0: Um,
3: I expect part of that is that it's kind of an alternate take on the character, not mainstream continuity, so it doesn't, quote, count.
0: It counts. It,
3: it, it, it counts in my mind. Yeah, it counts in mine. It counts, yeah. Um, I wonder if the current spy book suffered from the same not main marvel universe doesn't matter perception uh oh the uh the robbie thompson book you don't know what i'm talking about
0: too, I, Christine. That. I might have
3: it's it's very it's very new uh i think it just wrapped up i don't know i don't know if that was it or if it was just always intended to be a 12 issue thing or or what so i don't know about that one uh you, Christine, you pick up from, uh, it also feels like a non-stereotypical Marvel, blah, blah, blah.
0: It also feels like a non-stereotypical Marvel comic, and that there isn't as much fighting as one expects. Well, yeah, I mean, there's fighting. There's still a good deal of Yeah, there's, like, a lot of robot bashing. Yeah. Um, it also, it's almost a dramedy about Thor and Jane Foster. If we're going to make a Thor TV series, this is a good template. That's not a
3: bad idea. Yeah. This would make an adorable animated series. It
0: would be so adorable.
3: Oh, if we could do, like, like animation in, like, kind of Somni style.
0: That would be amazing. Oh. And then, like, the Valentine's Day cards that you would make from it and pass around in classrooms.
3: Christine, quick, get Jeff Loeb on the phone.
0: Uh, no. I'm on to the next tweet. Next, maybe the audience wasn't looking for less Thor romance and hanging with friends and more Hammer Smackdowns, though we got that, too. No, i like that i liked how the friendships that maintain and how they want him to learn humility but they still wanted
3: my, yeah to- my favorite my favorite little bit speak of like the friendships and everything was in issue uh, three four which everyone had captain britain
0: where, like, yes. he
3: races out, and then the and he's from his friend and some woman that he's just met, and the woman's like, should we check on Brian? He's been in the bathroom for a long time. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. He's Captain Britain. He thinks none of us know, <laughs> but he's a terrible liar, so we just play along.
0: Yeah, so that's, like, <laughs> awesome friends. <laughs> no, but I really like that. It's just, yeah, the dialogue and the, just every, this book is perfect. Okay. Next week. Next week. All I know is I love the book, and my wife did too, and she's not a big Marvel reader as me. She loves the movies, though. And I feel like this is the kind of fun, smart, but not dark all-ages books fans claim to want, but uh, don't actually support. Well, I don't think that's true either. I feel like these, are, these stories are supported, and they are loved. And I want more of them. Let's see. Um, I also feel like it's an all-ages in the truest sense that can be enjoyed by grown-ups and kids alike. We agree. I feel too often Ollie just means just for kids. This works for everyone. Agreed. Sammy's art is fantastic. I should look up interviews to see what his inspirations are. I see Alex Toth? Toth. Alex Toth. (laughs) Toth. But also Kevin Nolan. 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 Is it Nolan
3: or Nolan? All right. Mm. I know it's (laughs) Toth.
0: Yeah. This is a fantastic comic that deserves to last longer. At least he now to reveal who the mysterious villain was. I miss it. And last thought. Why did Thor have to destroy that train to save Giant Man? Why not just move him off the tracks?
3: So so two thoughts on that. Good call on the Nolan, actually. I (laughs) I never really saw that before, but the way he uses the the blacks and the inks definitely uh, plays into that. Um, And he didn't actually destroy the train.
0: It's just, like, lightly tapped.
3: Yeah, he stopped it. Um, So no destruction. Well, there's plenty of destruction. That's the other thing I love about this series. Like, it's clearly just a fun... Uh, old-school action superhero story because they're just, like, destroying the crap out of all these buildings and everything, and everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll get fixed. Um, <laughs> which, which is just great. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, that's it for us for TWIMYRC. Oh Next, Ryan and Ben will be back with one. They yes, chose... they
0: chose Kitty Pride and Wolverine, yes. 1984, from Chris, uh, Chris Claremont and Alan Milgram.
3: Yes, the, uh, the classic six-issue miniseries that starred K-Pride and Wolverine. Um, Best fashion
0: c- choices. If
3: you couldn't tell from the title, uh, it stars K-Pride and Wolverine. <laughs> um, involves, if I recollect, um, a lot of ninjas, which is very awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't remember much other than ninjas and K-Pride and Wolverine. Uh,
0: yeah, just a good... 80s Rump.
3: Yes, you should check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's been a long time since I read it. Maybe I'll reread it too for this. Um, anyway, that's that's pretty much it. Um, we'll be back next week, probably with uh, even less news <laughs> than we had this week.
0: No, I'm going to make news. Um, oh, wait, no. We have two holiday specials this weekend we do? for animation.
3: Wait, you said there was no animation news.
0: I thought so. But then Hannah reminded me because I did not see this on the schedule. But I so
3: we should have we should have mentioned this like 25 <gasps> minutes ago yes, when we were yes. doing. All right, Christine, okay. let's pretend it was 25. <laughs> it's 25 minutes ago, and tell um, us about these holiday specials.
0: I have no other details that it's one for you, Ultimate uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man, <laughs> um, and for Marvel's Avengers: Ultron Revolution. Check it out this weekend, Disney XD. More details to come on Marvel.com.
3: In other words, Christine has no tune-in information other I than need, this weekend I need, on Disney I need the clips.
0: I need the, the assets from Hannah. Okay, great. So it will be online tomorrow when I get them.
3: Great. Keep up on our Facebook and Twitters and YouTube and all that. And uh, hopefully Christine will have figured out uh, what time and day these are on. Saturday,
0: 8.30 a.m. and Sunday at... No, Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. For... Marvel's Avengers: Ultra Revolution.
3: All right, I, I'm still gonna go with. Make sure to check it out because Christine seems like she's just making things up now no. to save face. <laughs> no,
0: that's true. You are the
3: one who earlier said you were going to make up news. Okay, so yeah, now I get real. to this now I real. get to accuse you <laughs> of making that up. <laughs> you're like <laughs> you like literally within like 10, 15 seconds, you're like oh, I'm just gonna make up some news. Oh, I don't know what the times. are. I think they're yeah, yeah, they're it's definitely the same this. It's
0: always been. If you've been tuning in This past season.
3: What's a television? Anyway, all right. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll chat with you again next week.
0: Bye.